you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. The Around the NFL Podcast. Can't figure out what XFL stands for. Extreme Football League. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by the United States Marine Corps Go USA. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Nice to have a sponsor as rugged and masculine as the four men on this show. Mm. Finally. Once again, Greg, projecting things within him that he feels uncomfortable with, uncomfortable with upon I'm being the rest serious. of the group. I'm, we're all in good shape right now. Strong, silent type great. over here. I, I find myself to be a, a standard, like, masculine male, so I don't feel uncomfortable being connected to... I'm not. You know, those type of things in the world. But you tend to do that a lot, as I've pointed out in the past. You'll, you know... Group us in and in, in a somewhat uh, effeminate way. I find. I mean, it's not a, a <laughs> somewhat effeminate way. I mean, I'm making a joke that you know we're not the four like biggest bros in the world. But I also I also do think it, it's finally a, a sponsor worthy. I say this, and I'm not even saying it like uh, that. I'm proud of it. I feel like I'm a bit of a bro. So that's why when you mm. make those kind of comments, sometimes I feel, I feel, mm. I feel. Different. I feel like maybe I don't belong in that conversation. Mm. Not like me pounding my chest over it or anything. I don't. I don't sense you pounding your chest. Um, it's an interesting place to break this down and, and dig into it. But that's what the show's for. We don't really at speak the, to each other outside of this this format. So. You mean at the top of the week seven? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's show? a lot of people that have never watched the show at all, and at this point, they're probably wondering what on earth is this about. Well, they're about to find out. I hope. Well, at some point. How exciting. Uh, that we're here back in the States, Wes, with uh, football to talk about. How's your jet lag, by the way? How are you sleeping these days? Uh, I'm sleeping okay. Catching up, my game pass is way behind, and I am I had to resort to Mark. Show me a little shortcut. You can watch some, like, 10-minute highlights on, on YouTube. So I've had to resort to Well, that, that feels like a ridiculous shot. That's a Sunday <laughs> thing that you do when you've not watched the games. It's I not what I would do on a Wednesday. Well, fair enough. We'll see if me. they're going to squabble. We can squabble, <laughs> too. I don't like the way that went down at all. Greg, nice tie. We're on the video show. Now they're going to try to become friends to make us <laughs> what look like What is going like on here today? Nice tie. I like it. Yeah, there's a lot of going on. 
There's a lot to unpack so far in today's I episode. Still haven't really overcome the fact that Dan sees himself as a bro. Kind of a bro, but it, I mean, I feel like there's a positives and negatives to being a bro. If you if you take bro too far, yeah. And when I'm saying that, I really it wasn't even trying to be derogatory about our group. But even if you're like average broness, still the overall average broness of the foursome. Okay. Lower than average. I got it. I, I didn't take offense to it. I just wanted to kind of, you know, share my record. feelings. You're not comfortable with In that. the trust tree. It's not a you know, it does seem fair to, th- to suggest that the Marines are a tad more manly than... Right, that was the three, whole idea. Three of the four of us, if not all four. <laughs> you, yes. not, you not being the part of The idea was kind of they're the most masculine, hard, Representation, you know, hard guys yeah, possible. Yeah. Maybe we didn't quite stack up to their level. I but, feel comfortable in that conversation, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's, I guess that's... <laughs> That, there's the disconnect, as it turned out. <laughs> okay. Um, football blogger that I am. Okay, guys. So much to get. Wes, we're going to get into it. We got to get going on the show, but you got some history that's staring right at you right now with the lock situation. I got off the Schneider Monday night. We need you, week seven, before this becomes a national story. I'd like to say this has been keeping me up at night, but I haven't thought about it until like 30 seconds before the show. <laughs> well, I think it's time to start thinking about it because history is knocking on the door now. We need you to lock one up this week. Okay. We I will it. keep but, trying to get my game pick right. Because think about it, Wes. Think. You are the scientist. Right. You along with Greg. What we need, what I need as the host, I need my scientist to start nailing some locks. I think um, – Listeners in general, and maybe you're a part of this, put way more stock into game picks than I ever have. Hmm. Or, it's, I mean, from another angle, set history by going 0-7 and, and maybe go even further. I, I think an 0-16 uh, lock scenario would turn you into a legend. In Wasn't my that your original plan? That was my plan when I got off to an 0-2 start, but then I got too hot. <laughs> It'd be hard to do. I got too hot. All right, so let's get into it. As we always do, um, we will do it snake-style. Uh, draft and uh, the Thursday, the first game of week seven, Chiefs at Broncos. Um, the scientists will be hitting that game later tonight uh, in a mini pod. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but we're going to go through the rest of the games. We have uh, we have four teams again for the second straight week on by who are we without this week. We are without got the Panthers, the Browns, the Steelers and the Bucks, the two London teams. All and right. Two and other the, trash. Bags. The Brownies, a, a nice little. Way to exhale, I would imagine, Mark, right now, after a rough start for the season. Don't care. All right, let's get into it. Mark, you are holding the first overall pick uh, in today's draft, so get us going. All right, so number one, because there's only three late games, and I want to be actually involved in the late slate this time where I've made a habit of (laughs) getting out of that uh, late slate scenario. I'm going Saints at Bears. And because, number one, I want to watch Ravens. Solid pick, bro. It's solid because there's only three options there. And this, to me, is one of these games where I'm hoping it's like seven to six because the way that both defenses are playing right now, we know about the Bears. Now, they fell off the the edge of the bed a little bit against the Raiders. That didn't go so well in London. But (laughs) a lot of things can happen in London. We know that ourselves. Weird stuff can happen across the the sea. You're damn right. Right? The Saints, to me are the team that no matter what happened to the team they played the week before, how in flow they were uh, in offense. Like the, You look at like the Jaguars with Gardner Minshew, what happened last week. It's like the, this was the team coming in. 
the big story, hot, Gardner Minshew's the guy on fire. The Saints just come in and just squeeze the life out of you and end everything right away. And their defense, to me, is as compelling as the Bears at this point. They're not the same type of defense entirely. But they're doing Teddy Bridgewater's run with the team. He's done everything you could ask a backup quarterback to do. But it's it's because it's not just him alone. They're a very balanced team, and their defense, to me, is fascinating. You're going to get Mitch Trubisky back in this one. I want to see this be one of these games that comes down to like the final seconds because no one's scoring touchdowns. It's like a seven to six, eight. That would have to, that would have to be nine to six or something. Just one of these little old school mm. matchups from 1912. What's going on with Alvin Kamara here? Because that's going to be a big part of this game. He didn't look the same to me in He's the got last a few games. High ankle type of issue Uh-oh. is what they're saying. And they signed Mark's boy, Double Z, Zach Zenner. <laughs> Wes, I thought you put it well on Twitter yesterday. The disparity between their two skill sets is mind-boggling. I don't see any difference between those two. I, I think with this team, they will be tempted to sit Alvin Kamara this early in the season. In a season, they're expecting to make the playoffs, and he's as important to them as anyone but Drew Brees. Why would you be pushing it? You also have a bye week, I believe, coming up. You have Arizona at home, which you should be able to take care of, and then the bye. So, yeah, that would make sense to give him a – you know, a 21-plus-day blow. Latavius Murray looked pretty good last week, I thought, too. He's looked good in, in smaller doses. Now, how he looks carrying the load will be something else. Well, you've entirely. got Zach Center. <laughs> the Bears put uh, Akeem Hicks and Kyle Long on injured reserve this week. Dang. I, Kyle Long, you know, not the player he was earlier in his career, but still a big disappointment for him. Yeah, I hope he keeps playing football. At, the, at this point, that's four straight years on injured reserve. Um Really, had not been playing well. No, had not, but had a really great career beginning and start um, that's really been racked by injuries, and, and I'm sure it's uh, really tough times for him. Akeem Hicks is the bigger loss, though. You know, maybe their key, you know, interior player for sure, one of the best in the entire league. And I think you look at this matchup, and it's like, which, you know, you think of the Bears for defense, which defensive line would you take right now? I would the Saints. I would think about. Yeah. I would take the Saints, and I'd certainly take the Saints' offensive line uh, over the Bears' offensive line. Definitely not playing well. And if there's a, uh, a tackle tandem that can maybe handle Leonard Floyd and Cleo Mack, it, it's Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchick. So not I a like premier return spot for Mitch Trubisky. No, who is not going to be 100. percent I'd rather have Teddy these... Bridgewater than Mitch Trubisky too, because I know what I'm getting with Teddy. I don't know what I'm getting with Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know what I'm getting with Teddy. But I mean, really, I think no. you're getting what is it? 12 points. Is that what I'm you're getting? You're getting kind of the Dalton line. <laughs> I mean, you're getting Alex Smith before Andy Reid got there. You're getting competent quarterback play and you're planning around it. I barely competent, not, though. I right? would not equate Teddy Bridgewater with Alex Smith or Andy Dalton. But it's been good enough uh, tucked in within this team. So I guess it's a good thing they don't need for him to give you more. And speaking- I'm amazed the Saints are underdogs in this game. Are they? No Alvin Kamara? No, I mean, against that, that defense in Chicago. Huh. Um, speaking of the quarterback, Drew Brees um, is continuing to work his way back. He is now, quote, graduated to the NFL ball. So he's he's getting closer and closer. But you know what? They, they're kind of in a perfect situation that rarely happens when the backup comes in and they win every game. Usually that leads to some type of controversy. The <laughs> Saints are the exception in this case. No one's considering anything like that. It's just when he comes back, they get that much more dangerous. You're Saints. a manly fellow. When you go out in the park and throw the ball around, do you use an NFL-sized uh, ball, or do you use perhaps something a little daintier? I use a dainty ball. <laughs> That's just that. It makes my hands feel like they're Marines much Marines wouldn't bigger. do that. 
no, the Marines <laughs> would use an oversized ball, a rugby ball even. Um, all right, let's move on to the second pick. It will be Greg Rosenthal. All right. Wait, let me guess. Am I picking last again? <laughs> no, Wes. <laughs> I mean, you listen, I, I think you got to plug in on this Thursday show a little bit more, Wes. I need you to know who you're going to lock up and understand the draft, the way it works. Two weeks ago, you drafted first. All right. That means last week you draft last. And then this week you draft third. Next week you'll draft second. And then the week after that, you're back to first. I think it's the way our seating is arranged. It has me confused. I am, how I'm, I'm excited to uh, end this conversation and move <laughs> on to Oakland Green Bay. Oh, yeah, I'm back to the Tony Romo experience. And I also am thinking about writing about the old Green Bay Packers on my Monday column. So you got to, like, combine it all. Smart. The debrief. Well done. Smart. Because uh, I'm whether no matter what happens in this game, if the Raiders pull off an upset, they're suddenly – very frisky and one of the stories in the league. Uh, but I'm more interested in what I've been watching the last couple of weeks out of Aaron Rodgers and thinking this is the best three-game stretch I've seen out of him in a while. I thought Monday night was the best game period I've seen out of him for a while. Uh, he was making some unbelievable throws against the Lions, many of which were dropped, uh, a few of which uh, were caught in tough spots too. He's making plays in rhythm. He's getting rid of the ball. I, it's all making a little more sense. I got to say, Matt LaFleur, I'm warming up to the flower. The running game is working a little better. Everything is just kind of exactly if you're a Packers fan on schedule in terms of it makes a little more sense and it looks a little better every week despite all the injuries that they've had on offense. Yeah, I, this may not you know, and get me on Mark's good graces, but the Packers are back to being the only team I watch regularly on coaches' film just because I love watching Aaron Rodgers so much in their defense. Um, Ouch, Mark. No, I, yeah, Mark, what? Mark finds the Packers to be a little tedious. Not this year's. Okay. Not this year's because they have a you defense. Like they've got a defense. They, I like teams that can, you know, isn't this, it's a different, they've changed up the narrative a little bit. So we're in good place, Wes. Good. We're back like in a good place on this show. Simpatico. I like that. Um, Let's call there. <laughs> the Packers not practicing on Thursday. Their top three wide receivers, their top two pass catching tight ends. Their top safety, their stud defensive tackle, Kenny Clark, and uh, slot corner, Tremont Williams. I think they're super vulnerable here, right? If those guys don't play, they yes, they are super vulnerable. Because I don't think Derek Carr and the Raiders offense is going to light up the Packers um, at Green Bay. But I, I do think this is a theme. And yes, that while Rodgers is Rodgers and he's still at his apex, they needed some things to go their way. Uh, to to steal that game last week and to score 23 points. I think scoring points is going to be an issue for them until some of these guys get healthy. Devontae Adams at the front of the line with that. If you're the Raiders, I mean, you, so you, you got the Bears in London, and I, and I just think that that's... If you if you handle that week well, you got a different Bears team potentially. Then you're getting the most banged up version of the Packers you could possibly imagine right now coming off a short week. It's a good setup for the Raiders. I also think there's a bit of a revenge element, Dan. You remember these two teams, they battled in Canada. Yes. And Gruden was very offended that Matt the Flower uh, wanted to cancel a very important preseason bout just because the field uh, was stripped of an end zone, if I recall. And I think Gruden has never really Not exactly that. right. I'll fill in the details. Did I not get that Where right? the, the goalpost, they had to move back, so there was a patch of turf 
that the flower believed wasn't firm enough and put his players in danger. So he didn't say to cancel the game. He pulled all of his starters out of the game and then they shortened the field. It, it was a fiasco. I mean, Gruden cares. I think Gruden felt like the integrity of the like contest was, yeah, you Gruden, know, that and on the hard knocks that he made some comments that, you know, on Mike, uh, that he was a little incredulous about the whole. Well, thing. I know we'll get into some, what people are fired about as a real revenge game this week. This to me is because of that scenario mm. alone, the real revenge game in this week's slate. I mean, let's calm down about the Raiders shutting down Aaron Rodgers. They don't have a pass rush. And I think you can get away with that, you know, maybe against the Colts. And they're certainly competitive. They're playing hard. You can get away with that against the Bears. I don't I don't care if it's Alan Lazard and who's the out Lizard. there. I'm take you know, I'm loving Aaron Rodgers in this spot. Is he gonna his tackles are playing well, his center's playing well, and his defense is pl- playing well, and that's why I'm gonna lock him up. All right. I like it. It's good luck because you're lock, you're locking Aaron Rodgers at home against an okay team. It's a good luck, but I don't think anybody said that they're that Aaron Rodgers is going to get shut down by the Raiders. But I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna be approaching a thirty burger. I guess, I guess I'm not I'm not buying into this Raiders story because okay. of their wait. You're the one selling the story. How come you're not? Buying they're it? fun. They're fun to watch, but I'm not buying them as a team that's going to win a lot of tough games on the road. Uh, I get Bears and Colts are different. I, I, I guess they've done it. I mean, they've proved me wrong in that sense. And the offense is efficient. They're running the ball well. Derek Carr's getting rid of the ball. I think they'll be able to move the ball somewhat. But I, I still see them as like a seven-win type of team. And, and good for uh, Darren Waller, by the way, the tight end for the Raiders. Speaking of hard knocks, he flashed on that show, and you got to learn about his battles against substance abuse and even the you know one trip to a um, 12-step program. Uh, he has come out balling all through the beginning of the season and now just got a three-year uh, contract extension. So that that's pretty cool. They're amazing. playing with nobody right. at wide receiver half right. the time. Right. I mean, so he's about been there which, passing Which quarterback attack. would you rather have with no receivers? I mean, Derek Carr's thrown to Trevor Davis, Keelan Doss, Hunter Renfro, and Zay Jones. Have fun with that. Uh, Dan, didn't, Darren Waller dropped an album too, didn't he? Did he? I was yeah. not aware of that. What a year for Darren Waller. I, I'm, I'm less excited about that. Um, you, you have it out for Hunter Renfro, I've decided. You're coming for you're coming for the run for is this like Empire? Is this like Spy? Why? He's like the most you know. He's the guy who looks most like me at that plays wide receiver in the league in in terms of well, body I, type. No, that would make sense. There can only be one. So you're <laughs> that I think. Well, it's just one of those that. things that you get annoyed when everyone says the same thing. And back in August, like Hunter Renfro, he's gonna catch <laughs> 70, 80 balls in that offense. Ah, uh, no, the, the, he was a fifth round pick. They've thrown it to him twenty five times. He has like six catches. I uh, love when Greg gets whipping boys. I was essentially. Teeing you up because I knew you wanted to take some swings <laughs> at the kid. It's like Spagnola all over again. Uh, all right, Wes, you are now up with the third overall pick. I will go back to the four o'clock slate and do Ravens at Seahawks. Great game. What a game. Oh, yes. Oh, Wes, you really unlocked an Easter egg Whoa, here. Whoa, what was that? Because it's time now for a road to victory presented by the United States Marine Corps. Uh, dig into this game, Wes. Why did you select it? Well, it's two of the most dominant rushing attacks that we've seen since the start of the 2018 season. Um, and it's two of the most exciting quarterbacks to watch in, in this season. Russell Wilson, I think, is becoming the favorite for MVP. And Lamar Jackson, as Greg will tell you, is just good old playing fun to watch every week. This is this is a matchup of two teams that are fairly similar. Great offenses and not so good defenses, which is opposite of what you're used to from these teams. Totally opposite. I mean, it's a... Uh... 
a total turning the NFL on its ear that you would be expecting uh, these teams to be, you know, pounding it out in a 10-7 game and instead 37-31. That I think people, be the final. people wondered why Lamar Jackson had so many attempts on the ground last week. And one of the reasons watching that game was that the Bengals looked like a defense that had never seen a read option play before. It worked out of the gate and they just kept going at it. And they're starting to use all their backs now, not just Mark Ingram. And they are so punishing that why let up? They, I, they, they, to me, they, they, they're a, a target to trade for potentially a second wide receiver, I think, if they wanted yeah. to add to that attack and make it a little bit. I don't know how long you can assume this will go without a hiccup at some point, And at some point, maybe in January. But their tight ends, I mean, Mark Andrews, outside of his leap and fumble routine that happened last week, I'm not sure we're going to see that leap over the defender thing again. <laughs> oh, we will. I mean, he he is he has become a, one of the bigger weapons in the AFC North and a total factor. And on the flip side, Will Disley out for the Seahawks. That's a big loss at tight end for them. He will have a surgery on an Achilles tendon injury, so that's unfortunate. He's done for the year. Marquise Brown is sidelined in terms of his practices. That's one of the reasons I think they had to run the ball so much against Cincinnati. They just do not have much of a game you know, passing game at receiver right now other than Marquise Brown that's reliable and if you don't have him going to Seattle that's troubling because you're playing against a team uh who's got a, a nice making the leap uh candidate at oh? cornerback Shaquille Griffin the other Shaq Griffin the the one who's I think right now having a pro bowl type of season not a lot that you love about the Seahawks defense uh, right now, in terms of their overall play, the pass rush is not great, but uh, Shaq Griffin has really been playing well, locking down one side of the ball to the point where the opponents are just kind of peppering the other side nonstop. Earl Thomas revenge game, Chris Wessling. You seen any improvements from Earl since a couple weeks ago when you found him to be potentially an irreversible decline? <laughs> well, he hasn't had any angles that would um, take advantage of his lack of foot speed, so it's hard to tell. I think he's still the same guy instincts-wise. He's always in the right place until somebody blows past him. But he like he's he's playing a position where intelligence and instincts matter, so I think he can cover up for the lack of foot speed. They've only – the Seahawks defense, 90 yards rushing or less in four of six games. Mm. And it's not because they have a great run defense necessarily, but it's pretty good. And I think – I I'm tempted to lock the Seahawks up in this, but – if the Ravens get hot early, they're just too much to deal with. And I'm not losing a lock to the Ravens. I would, my head would fall off. Seahawks have been so uh, clutch, you could say, or Tragedy. lucky could be the other way. I mean, you're lucky when Greg Zerline misses a, a kick. They've had four games that came down to the final minute, you know, really the final seconds. They've won all four of those. So that usually doesn't keep up. But the Seahawks, I feel like that's been half of the Russell Wilson era. So maybe it right. can keep Isn't up. Isn't their DNA to come back from anything? I mean, they did that. Dan and I were sitting there when they were down 20 to 8 to Cleveland. And if you ask my P level, it would have been 26 because there's no way they're winning that game. The Seahawks do this week after week. The max is 10. Well, it you would have been 10.2. A little bit, just a little bit more. <laughs> just a little bit more soaked. All right. My turn. Like this. Happy how this worked out because uh, let's talk about the Lions. Oh, by the way, that was the road to victory presented by the United States Marine Corps. And they got what they were asking for. What a product we deliver and they <laughs> deliver to our country. All right. Let's now move on. <laughs> that is the oddest and most out of really place well pitch for the Marine Corps I've ever heard in my really life. Well done. Professional. What a product they deliver. 
It's, I mean, it's, it's not wrong. It's, it's just, it's, a, it's, weird, it's, it's a weird way to get there. It's, it's uh, bravery and heroism and, and ability to conquer evil. That's a commodity. Now you're getting there. But I mean, the way present. it was initially pitched. Semper range. Fi, baby. All right. Now, the Detroit Lions and some bozo on Twitter yesterday. Listen, sorry we went to London and did four shows in six days and wanted to take one extra day so we could get our mental health day knocked out. Uh, he said he unsubscribed from the show because we didn't talk about the Lions on uh, Wednesday's show. Well, you know. Hey, get get a few of your buddies together, get in your garage, and start your own Lions podcast. You won't even need to let, listen to us. Very well. Very well put, Wes. Now, I will talk about the Lions now spinning forward because, yes, a crushing loss, 23-22 to the Packers, uh, a game in which we know, everyone knows it follows the NFL uh, two penalties on Trey Flowers that were not just suspect that the league came out and said we got it wrong. Well, they said only one of them was wrong. Oh, only the, was the, a, the key one, the second. The one. second one, which essentially allowed the Packers to run out the clock and kick the game-winning field goal. It was a killer because I believe if that play just goes off and it's fourth down, you have Crosby attempting what a early 40s range field goal. And even if he makes it, if he misses it, lines win. If he makes it, there's a minute and change, I believe, left with Matthew Stafford, who's playing really well with a chance to drive down the field. Didn't work out. So now we see what the Lions got in terms of intestinal fortitude. Remember what a Grill Monsoon used to call it? Testicular fortitude. Because now you go and you have a big division game again. This time it is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and it is in Detroit, so you get to come home. Uh, to play the Vikings who, you know, you really, it would have been better to catch them a couple weeks ago when they were in crisis mode uh, and Kirk Cousin was, Cousins was absorbing a ton of heat. Well, two wins later for the Vikings, it seems like that ship has been righted. Now, we'll see if it stays that way because the Lions, as we saw, once again, uh, Chris Wessling, um, were able to hang against a, a good opponent and uh, the Packers were so lucky to get out of that game. Do you expect the Lions to once again put up a big, a good fight against a, a high-quality team and maybe even get over the hump for once? Absolutely, I do. I, anytime you get a chance to, to take on the Vikings outside of their dome, it's a good, it's a mm. good matchup for you. Mm. I don't trust this Vikings team on the road. I trust, trust them totally at home. Uh, the Lions have outplayed a lot of good teams. I did not think they outplayed the Packers. I thought every break went their way for 50 minutes until about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter when the break started going the Packers' way. Um, I understand why Lions fans are upset, but I did not think in any way that that was their game. No, I agree. I think the Packers outplayed them, and the interception return, especially by Justin Coleman, was just kind of a bit of good fortune where that game could have ended differently. And ultimately, they gave up leads of, what, 16 to nothing or 13 to nothing and 23 to 12 uh, in the start of the fourth quarter. So the, and you kick five field goals. Stop, right. stop giving up in the end zone. Stop I giving up like those drives. The, the Matt Patricia defense reminds me so much of the Patriots defense under Matt Patricia, which is smart. You can change up what you do each week. You're, very, you're good situationally. You're good in the red zone, but you're not that good. You, you're not, you don't have a pass rush. I mean, they really, they missed the Sean hand. They haven't had him all year. Mike Daniels has given them nothing and, and he's, been hurt too so that those are injuries you don't have a one-on-one pass rusher and you're kind of coaching around it and ultimately you're kind of middle of the pack and and solid maybe a little better than middle of the pack on defense 
those Patriots teams had a top five offense to carry them through. This Lions offense has been resourceful and fun to watch, but they're not at that level. Well, I think it's a start. And the Vikings, a lot of credit. Um, I've flamed them multiple times for being unwatchable on offense outside of Dalvin Cook for the earlier part of the season. That big bounce back game. But I almost feel like you've got to be a little cautious with what they accomplished because they were playing an Eagles secondary that gave up one big play after the next. So just dial it down a little bit, and that may be what Minnesota's capable of. But to go through what they went through, the two weeks of total chaos in fighting, and have Kirk Cousins respond the way he did, I thought he played the best game he's played. Not just, I get it all of this year, but in a while. I mean, he, he just seemed in sync. They had been out of sync through the air all year, and they put it together, and that's, that's super encouraging. I, the, I still think the Lions, though, could knock out any team in this division if they kind of just need to, one of these teams that's been beaten down for so I got to learn how to win in the, in the NFC North. They've sandwiched a bye with a extremely painful 34, 30 loss to Kansas city when it was a, it seemed like it was a done deal that they were going to get it done. And then of course what happened on Monday night. So yeah, it will take, it will take a team that has some mental toughness to shake those losses off and not let this slip away from them. This, I think is a really good game and, and, Wes, you, you have a limited amount of patience for it, but I find Kirk Cousins to be compelling theater uh, about how his career continues to progress. Let's see if he continues to to pour it on. This wouldn't fall under the uh, Kirk Cousins umbrella totally uh, because it is on the road uh, and it's also not a not a huge spotlight game. Um, so I, that, I think, keeps it open for him to keep it rolling, most likely, right? My my lack of patience is with the people who decide, and this is a very vocal group, just think that Cousins is a laughable clown who can't play quarterback at all. And I think right. he has five years in the NFL that say the opposite of that, that he he's one of the 16 or 18 best quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm. Lions got to win this game. They've been a nice story. Yes. Get and the quarterback, the quarterback if, is playing well. It, it's just tricky how the schedule falls ultimately you lose this game you've just lost three in a row and the Packers and Vikings are rolling and you're just hoping for some wild card scraps after that are you a real contender or are you just a feel-good story a team that can compete we'll see all right now <laughs> snake time this is a home run this is a great this is what's the best second round pick in recent seasons Darius Leonard in that zone there you go all right Darius Leonard pick oh look it's the Colts that wasn't on purpose, but I'll pretend it was. They are back off their bye, and now they welcome the first place Houston Texans to Lucas Oil Stadium with the first place on the line in the AFC Ooh, South. Uh, already did it. Already locked up uh, tonight's game, in fact. Um, and <laughs> I love it. I'm excited uh, because uh, Deshaun Watson's probably my favorite player in the NFL. Uh, not named Sam Darnold. So I um, love to watch him. So whenever I could draft him in a big division game, I'm going to do it. And it'll be so interesting to see uh, the Colts, such a you know well-coached team, um, a team that uh, has uh, good defensive pieces. But Deshaun Watson, when he, when he gets rolling, it, it is scary. And um, we'll see which version of the Houston Texans offense shows up. That would be my only concern uh, if I'm a Texans fan, is that when they are rolling, they are awesome to watch but every every once in a while and maybe it was just a maybe it ends up just being a situation where they're working out the kinks early on they have had some games where they haven't been able to get it going um but i expect houston to 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 do business here in indy well it's a rematch right of the playoff game a year ago am i crazy 
My, no, you're absolutely I right. Totally, uh, you're absolutely right. Did I hallucinate uh, how poorly they were? St- the Texans were stumped. The Texans were shut down in Houston, and I think the Colts kind of are a nice litmus test right now for this Texans team because I think the Colts are really well coached. I think they're going to give you uh, a great effort, of course, at home. They're pretty good situationally. They're smart. They they run the ball. They'll probably figure out a way to keep this game close. But the Texans' best game should be better than the Colts' best game. I mean, their ceiling is higher. In the past, this might have been a game that the Texans kind of stubbed their toe, and it ends up being a whole race throughout the year in the AFC South. If the, if this Texans team can be at the type of team that gets a bye, which I think they are, they, they can be that type of team, you go win this game. I think, And if the last time these teams played in Indy in the regular season, it was a 37-34 Texans win in overtime. Um, I think these are just two well-matched teams. I believe I think the Colts are a team that can make the playoffs. I think I think you can see two playoff teams out of the AFC South, and these would be my my picks. Where are we at on Jacoby Brissett? I haven't seen enough to where I think like automatically he should be their guy going forward in like 2020 and beyond. No, I think they should try to aim higher. I agree with you. He's averaging what under seven yards per attempt. He shows they become a run first offense. He shows off his arm. You know, they've kind of coached very conservatively in terms of focusing on the running game. They'll take shots. Uh, they have some good schemes up. I think it's been a great job of coaching, uh, but I don't think he's shown enough where you're thinking he's the guy moving forward. He's kind of been a perfect middle of the road type of starter to keep the ship afloat, but maybe not that you're going to be buying into long term. Yeah, I mean, they seem content to run through Marlon Mack right now. And he's so pivotal to him. I, with the Texans, the one thing that, and maybe someone else predicted this happening. I know I didn't. After watching Carlos Hyde the past couple seasons, to have him, the amount of usage he's getting in Bill O'Brien's offense and to be as productive as he has, him and Duke Johnson together have, have worked out for a team that when they lost Lamar Miller, and I get that we, Lamar Miller is Lamar Miller, and we can try to make him something he's not, but he's not. But it's th- <laughs> these guys have been a, that was a huge, a huge upgrade on on last he's year's backfield. Been, they've been they have been able to really kill people on, on the in the ground for a while, and they, they have a diverse running attack right now. And I thought Bill O'Brien did a nice job last week using Hyde. And you've got to keep wondering as a defense if you're facing them, when does this run out? Because this is a player that I essentially thought his career was on the on the edge. And you know what? Duke Johnson adds a lot, too. I'm surprised how it's shaken out that Hyde's clearly the lead guy. But ultimately, Duke Johnson has 345 yards from scrimmage through six games. Hyde's got about 450. Together, that's a really strong combo. Hyde's not as good in the passing game. The Colts are healthier, though, and I think that's important. They're coming off their bye week. They still have a lot of injuries in the secondary, even then after the bye. But you have T.Y. Hilton back. You have Darius Leonard back. Uh, your defensive line is healthier than it was. It's pretty significant. You're raising your eyebrows. Well, your secondary injuries don't matter when you can just plug in a guy like Kari Willis, who has been phenomenal. Their mm. fourth-round pick who's a safety and plays like Honey Badger all over that defense. And the Texans are as short at cornerback right now as pretty much any te- team in the league. They lost Bradley Roby uh, for a month. Jonathan Joseph has been banged up, and they weren't exactly deep at that position to begin with. But they just beat the Chiefs. And uh, two more thoughts after, you know, last week, Kaimi Fairbairn killed them uh, to the point where you wondered if they were going to have to do the dreaded, we know we need to feel, kick a field goal, but we can't because we can't trust the kicker from anywhere outside 30 yards. Uh, I thought that would lead to, you know, maybe a change or a workout, but 
Uh, I guess he was so good last year. Bill O'Brien is keeping the faith. And maybe O'Brien is, you know, he's, he's hot right now. He's got the, uh, uh, what do they call it in uh, basketball? The heat check. Heat check. Because Minus touch. It came on the same, the same week that Brian Baldinger, a guy that we all respect mightily uh, for his football knowledge, especially in the trenches, called Laramie Tunsil the best left tackle in the NFL. That seems to be a pretty good trade now. Uh, excuse me. Great trade. All right. Now, moving on. Picking next will be out of the snake and back to Chris Wesley. Well, since there are no good games left. <laughs> oh, how there are some. This is, this is the first week Greg's where you bow. look at the, the, the schedule top to bottom. There are a full slate of um, stink fest operations. I'm going to choose a grass field with a new quarterback starter, Chargers at Titans. Thank oh, you. Wes wow. is going back to the Titans. Wes, you are a good man. Thank you for taking that off. No problem. <laughs> I will leave such uh, gems as Jaguars, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, and 49ers, Redskins for you, Dan. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Go ahead. Oh, you want analysis of this game? <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, you're the one, you're the completest to watch the entire 16 to nothing Tennessee hey, you're, beatdown. You're a Titans fan. You know, you're, you're, um, you're taking over my previous mantle back in the t- 2013 season as the Ryan Tannehill believer of the podcast. I am not a believer. Of I Ryan just, like, can we just, can we just remember this moment, you know, for posterity, maybe clip it off. Wes speechless about to get into a game. He didn't know what to say. Well, there was nothing to say. I have an inkling that Ryan Tannehill is going to have the same problems as Marcus Mariota behind this offensive line with a play calling that has left a lot to be desired. I just don't see much of a difference there. That's why I want to watch this game to find out if there will be a difference. Does Ryan Tannehill jumpstart this offense? I don't know. When you see guys like A.J. Brown and you know Corey Davis is a top five pick, Delaney Walker's out there. What if they start using these weapons or, you know, in quote, weapons that they have? Well, Greg Cosell, who we also uh, respect, has said <laughs> mightily. Very much. I like that we have to point out our respect for these various <laughs> Basically, well, individuals. If we you know? don't say that we respect them, assume we don't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that changes. That's just the game how I operate. operate. It's a short list of of these analysts that truly, uh, you know, across all boards, uh, whether it's in this room or the Twitter, you know, atmosphere, stratosphere, whatever you want to call it, that everyone knows is the real deal. Baldy and Costello are two of those guys. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, you've created a bit of a problem for us. We now need to go out and announce our respect for anyone who comes up at all. It's otherwise. a short list. Well, it doesn't seem like Cosell respects uh, Mariota that much because he said receivers have been open, and he thinks that's mm. for, uh, on tape that he thinks receivers have been open and they haven't been pulling the trigger. And there should be some receivers open when you play the Chargers. This secondary has been injured and disappointing. Uh, the defense in general has taken a big step back. I am interested in this game because they're two, two and four teams that made the playoffs a year ago. And whoever loses this game is in deep trouble. And the Chargers fall has kind of been under the radar here. Um, but I don't I don't want them to be totally out of our lives here. I want Philip Rivers to go to Nashville. And uh, there was a lot of rumors he would replace Marcus Mariota, or he was going to get traded for Marcus oh. Mariota back in the day in 2015. Oh, he wants to go and back. And he wants to go back. Go yeah. win in Nashville. And then he uh, talk about a, a player who deserves to have a little player empowerment and get himself out of uh, a bad situation. Be free, Philip Rivers. This organization has let you down. Go to Nashville. I mean, they, they paid him like hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever. But I will say what? they've been run terribly. Philip Rivers he's... to the Titans feels like t- like a total purgatory move. 
move. It, he wants to get back to where you know he's from. Also, it's the not Titans. Gonna, it's not going to happen. Because, but he's a free agent at the end of the year because they're the Titans. Get closer to the Midwest. Because yeah, because <laughs> because they're the Titans, you know they're not going to bomb out and go three and thirteen here. They're going to string together some wins. Nine and seven might actually be tough for them now, uh, but who knows? Maybe like Wes says, Tannehill lights a spark, so they won't be at the top of the draft unless they pull off some type of audacious trade. So go get Philip Rivers as your bridge guy, and go find a <laughs> developmental prospect that can sit behind one of the greatest ever sling it. Well, the Chargers would have something to say about that, unless Rivers Bye. truly wanted say. out. He is a free agent. Uh, there's some good news, though. They got Hunter Henry back last week. He looked awesome. I mean, it was a terrible performance by them on Sunday Night Football, but he looked great. And it sounds like Russell Okung, their left tackle, is returning from his pulmonary embolism shortly, maybe as early as this week. And that's a pretty big addition. Chargers are the most disappointing team in the AFC right now. They have lost four of five. Their one win coming against the Dolphins. Where do they rank on your dirt nap rankings? They're getting close because <laughs> if they ever lost this game, this they'd is be kind one of a in, dirt nap ball. Whoever loses this, they'd be in hot water. They'd trouble. be two and five with the Bears and the Packers coming up next. Chargers are already on my dirt nap watch. <laughs> I am enjoying it. I think they might be the more boring team in this matchup. I like. I think we're going. We have something here with the dirt nap. Because maybe we can put together a graphic where it shows how far under these people are beneath the dirt and dirt. And then maybe if they start to dig themselves out, the hand sticks out, something like that. Yeah, I like something that. I mean, it would that. be it's in sort of a zombie. But if you're buried under the dirt, you're dead to begin with. But you're saying some would come. Well, back to no, because remember, like uh, Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. Uh, yeah, there are scenarios yeah. where people could come put them in the life, put them in the uh, wood coffin and then maybe they fight their way out. So it's just like the old fork segment, except there's a possibility of zombieism. This the time. fork segment, yes. And you, what did you call it? What? Stick a fork in him. Yeah, no. Oh, but you said dirt nap too. <laughs> but then there's also Bill Simmons calls it the loser goes home, Le- loser leaves town match. Mm. So these are all I mean, the, saying the same thing. The loser is in deep, deep trouble. But I like dirt nap, and I think there's some, dirt nap is powerful. It it doesn't get there's not a lot of wiggle. There was a listener that. at our meetup after our show on Friday, like using the word dirt nap, and I was like, "There's no way you actually used that word before Mark Sessler came into your lives, right?" See, People what, weren't just see, saying dirt that came change. from my dad, just the same way that you yes. have terminologies that came from your uh, lineage, your ancestry. Let's move on. Picking next will be Greg Ro- Greg Rosenthal. Yes. Well, I'm boxed out of the 4 p.m. games, which is uh, you did me a favor there, Wes. As was I. I. Now I can just, That's fine. I now I can just watch uh, Lamar as I wanted to. And uh, I'm going to take uh, a game that maybe doesn't have much playoff implications, but I think is a, a perfect backup morning game. Cardinals-Giants. This game could be in the 30s. It's a matchup of two rookie quarterbacks drafted in the top 10 uh, who I think are going to go up and down the field because they have terrific matchups. And I think it should be fun to watch. Kyler Murray's playing better each week. I really liked what they did a week ago. And the Giants and Danny Dimes are getting back Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, maybe Sterling Shepard. Golden Tate has been back. Uh, Darius Slayton's a player. Uh, Dimes has got plenty of weapons, and neither of these defenses are good. I think they could go up and down the field, and it could be a fun Sunday afternoon at the old uh, Meadowlands. Perfect opponent. I like the pick, Greg. Perfect opponent uh, for Danny Dimes, who could use another look at me. Uh, I have a bright young future ahead of me, and you get to play at home against Arizona, who's going to give you opportunities to do so. I like the Giants a lot here. You do? Okay. Uh, I just I think Kyler Murray's playing a lot better than Daniel Jones right now. Yeah, I agree. He's had 
you know, part, you're wondering whether it's just the opponents that, you know, Jones has had, you know, including the Patriots a week ago when they're so shorthanded. But for the most part, I agree. Murray's played his best against pretty lackluster opponents, but you're right. He's been playing better. Are you going to, Wes, are you going to, you know, you're going to, you know. Lock it up? Are you? No, I haven't decided who I'm locking yet. I thought about the, the Giants. <laughs> That's were, the way to handle this. <laughs> yeah, the Giants were my kind of my backup thing because I do think their defense their defense is really bad, but I think it's gotten like slightly better. Dexter Lawrence is playing great. Yeah, as this, I don't think they're quite as embarrassing, and I think the Cardinals coming off those two games, you know, they were great matchups for them at home. They were kind of coin flips against you know against bad really bad teams. Uh, I don't know if I really trust them on the road. They're getting healthier too. Barkley's back Evan Ingram's practicing I this one is tough I wouldn't touch this lock wise at all I mean mm. Kyler Murray looked too great good last week and guys like David Johnson Chase Edmonds getting a lot of touches totally wide open in space and I think that has a lot to do with the Cardinals offense they're finding ways to get like four or five or six people out there and the defense defender defenders don't know what to do with it and I don't really trust the Giants Defense on that. I'm sure Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass does. Well, actually, we, yeah, I was going to go to Eddie is uh, producing the show for us today. Erica's still on uh, vacation. Um, but actually, Eddie's reached his uh, capacity for Giants analysis on this podcast after doing 74 minutes on Giants Patriots <laughs> last week. Uh, so that, that we just can't go to him. A compelling no, we can't. 74 can't. minutes. It was though. great. You did a great job. I, what's funny you and Virgo. I actually brought out the clock to time. I'm like, they usually <laughs> like it like 10 to 15 minutes. And I hit that thing. I looked back and I saw like it's like 27 or something like that. Like, oh, no. It gets away I... from you quickly. It's happened to me before, too. Eddie. Yeah. We didn't get any complaints. No, you did a great job. Thank you. I'm, I'm just joking. It. Eddie, a Staten Island resident. Uh, the borough of New York City, and he looks Staten Island ready for the Yanks tonight. Uh, Dan, I'm I'm so I'm so nervous right now. My, it, my stomach is up in my throat. My I hands know, are we shaking. Need this wow! We Five need hours this. before the game, I can't focus on anything else. Yeah, yeah it's I'm bad. with you. Let's it's talk really after the show. Let's yeah. take that offline. Um, all right, uh, let's move on. Next up, Mark Sessler. And by the way, Mark, I'm in the same position as you last week, Wes. You were calling shenanigans on the draft. In these weeks, when we have 11 games to break down in the draft, if you are picking fourth, you just get two games and out. So I'm out of the draft. I'm done. And now you're up, Mark. (laughs) Or if you're picking fourth, you get three games, and the guy picking third gets two. That happens sometimes I, as well. That didn't yeah, that, that's where I think Wes was ah, annoyed by last ah. week. But I, I hear you. Um, I don't know if two or three is better in this situation. Wes, Wes picked fourth last week. I mean, I what am I missing here? You pick fourth. There was one week where, where I got, he got. I he got covered more games than Mark, even though I drafted last. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's not a big deal. I'm just pointing it out. All right. We uh, get confused uh, sometimes. All right. All right here we here go. We go. Okay. I'm going to go. Let's see here. The battles are just changing. You know, <laughs> the matchups are changing as the show goes on. I'm looking through West the options here. Wes <laughs> got me on that one. The options are not good. I'm going to go Jacksonville at Cincinnati. And I'll tell you why, because I'm going to lock up the Jaguars right now on the road, go into an angry Bengals team if they're capable of being angry or annoyed. And I looked at the, the desert are you, surroundings Are you here. a real person right now? What do you mean? That's what they always if say. Never face an angry Bengals yeah. team in Cincinnati. They're like, a, like, the Bengals are never angrier than when they lose their entire secondary to injury the week before. Well, they're furious. Mark, the what? Bengals are 0-6. And, and? You're locking up against them? Oh, I don't. I don't care about that. No, I, I went no to the. Shaming. I went to. We the, don't know anything. What does the desert? What does the desert say? It would. Oh, it's well within. Uh, it's. I just. I just like viewed it. It's completely within. 
within the boundaries. I'm cool with that. I was just more. You know what? I saw the look on your face. I saw the look on your face. I was a man that looked in the mirror and saw nothing. I mean, Dan, the problem is that if any of us do anything that you don't approve of or that concerns oh, you at go. all, then like you. Why you am put, I in the center you, of everything? Because you put it. I don't know. That's a great question. You ask yourself that. You are the center of everything. This, is, this has nothing to do with you at all. I'm perfectly fine with this. And right, I'm on. rolling with it. I'm rolling with it because the Jaguars got stung last week hard by the Saints. They've got to look themselves in the mirror after what happened. They could not get their offense going on any level. And this is a good bounce back game. The Bengals cannot stop the run. They can't stop much of anything. It's Gardner Minshew and DJ Shark, and you never look back. Leonard Fournette's been good too this season. I thought that after a couple weeks that he was going to be off this roster at some point, maybe even trade bait, but he has helped them. When they can run, that offense is completely different. That's what happened in the, against the Bengals. When they've been good, he's been a big part of it. And you got to set up Minshew to make the big drive at the end. He's like a souped-up Jordan Howard, hmm. which like, is you're not fine. Getting That's... much out of him in the passing game. He's not. He doesn't have great lateral agility. He's just running hard and running straight and doing it pretty well. I don't have a problem with that in this offense at this point. They they are they are missing elements, no doubt about it. I mean, there's no tight end on this team. They've got one well, wide receiver you can count on. Their third round pick, Josh Oliver, is finally practicing again. He's missed the whole season with a hamstring injury, so it'll be interesting to see if he plays. Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach, has been you know, trying to find positives, saying how hard they played last week. Okay. I Did mean, they? That, that's great. You're playing hard. I mean, the defense. Well, that's an improvement from last year. Competed and held the points down to Baltimore, but they were dominated. I mean, you're playing hard, but you're not playing well. What are they doing? I mean, they're so short. They're, they have the lowest yardage rushing per game since 1946 they're on pace for. That's where the Bengals are at. And they have two really good running backs. That's how bad they are. They've trailed the entire seat. Like, there's nothing about this team that's remotely competitive. It's, it's crazy, other than the first week. Got to remember that next year. What? Not to get too excited about week one. Sometimes. Well, I do feel like you were you verbalized I, that. Yeah, well, I, but I led, the, I led the way. I was well, two out of the first the three weeks, they were, you know... A competitive team, but right. If they're going to be competitive, it would have to be against a defense. It's not. I mean, an offense. It's not too explosive. Which maybe the Jaguars are are that. You know, they've even in their good games, they've started slowly. Well, uh, a lot of that's some bad halves. You can give them an excuse for the injuries, but what worries me about this team going forward is that the best players are over thirty. Yep. And I mentioned you know losing their secondary. Will William Jackson's out. I think for a while. For a month. Drake Kirkpatrick is out, and Carlos Dunlap was hurt before last week's game. I think he's still kind of up in the air. Darquez Denard is practicing again, eligible to come off the pup list soon. So that is, yeah, that's rough. All right. Game number two, because I enjoy maybe more than anyone in the room. I've mentioned it a lot, just the ultra beatdown. And that's why I'm taking the Niners traveling into mm, the nation's capital. Because what are you going to do, Redskins? Are you going to try to throw us Adrian Peterson 45 times again? That worked last week, not against this did defense. You see, did you see the um, – I saw a gif of it, but um, Case Keenum tried to check out of a play, or he did check out of a play. And Adrian P- Peterson took his mouthpiece out, and he was in, like, the eye formation and started screaming, no, 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 because <laughs> all Adrian Peterson – the only reason he's in the league is for no other reason than to take the ball as many times as possible 
continue to compile yardage, maybe p- pass Walter Payton. Do not check out of a play on Adrian Peterson in 2019. I'm with you with that. And it's to me, I think this is, and we talked about the Kyle Shanahan revenge factor here, and we have a sound bite I believe we'll get to in a second on that. But what a perfect nice way to have a revenge game against Bill Callahan, shot out of a cannon from 2002, coaching again as a head coach in this league. And the way that they run offenses, how differently their approaches are. Kyle Shanahan, one of the best in-game play callers. Their ground game right now, I believe it's the Ravens that currently lead on pace of yards per game, which is well over 200. And the Niners last week were one of those teams, too, where you find these regurgitated stats. But this one does intrigue me because they were on pace to outpace the 1977 Bears on the ground. And to me, the Niners, the way they're doing it is even more impressive than the Ravens because it's they get up early, their defense destroys people, and they use the latter part of the second half to just destroy you on the ground against tired-out defenses. And their record, 5-0, and is not a fluke on any level. I, I think it was fair a couple weeks ago just to wonder what that meant and what it would translate to against some of these better teams. They physically thumped the Rams last week. And Garoppolo didn't play well. They are one of these old-fashioned teams that likes to compliment, play field position ball, and make their offense look better by how good their defense is. Um, but, you know, I, lo- I love the way George Kittle's playing. And he reminds me sort of the way Todd Gurley was playing before the knee injury. And if you, we take this comparison a little bit further, if George Kittle suddenly became Kyle Rudolph, that's what happened with Todd Gurley between 2018 Ew. and 2019. Mm. Kittle is so explosive right now, and he's just running people over like a runaway train in the open field. Yeah, I think fantasy fan, you know, fantasy owners panicked a little bit because he wasn't producing quite as much in the or, or, or almost at all in the first few weeks of the season as a receiver. But he is I still think he's the best tight end. In the right, league. even though Darren Waller has had the season he's had, Austin Hooper is having a monster season, and I don't think he's gotten any love on this podcast. There's been some great tight end seasons. I take Kittle over all of them. They, I thought the, the, the apt comparison for Kittle, based on one play last week where he's just rumbling through defenders, was Mark Bavaro. And that, I, Eddie, I don't believe you were probably watching that as a sentient being at that point, but Mark Bavaro had that one season where he had his jaw wired shut for like two months and he never spoke to anyone in real time, so no one knew that about him. But he would just take it out on people every Sunday. And he was one of the more, one of the, there weren't a lot of tight ends back then doing that, and Kittle. Looks just like him on the field. That was some weird, real uh, Gary Cooper stuff for Bavaro <laughs> that season. Back then. Yeah. I thought you were going to say my referencing Mark Bavaro. Are we going to hear that stuff. sound drop you teased all the t- all the way a while ago? <laughs> I like okay, to tease it out, Mark. Tease and then not deliver. All right, Kyle Shanahan talking about his time with the Redskins. Um, being able to work with my dad and be around some other good coaches. <laughs> well, that's what he liked about it. What didn't he like? Everything else. <laughs> that's you how go. you set up a clip. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked a lot of the players. That was a good recovery. Way to go, Mark. Uh, I had no idea what, he also, what was coming there or the timing. So he also, my favorite thing he made was about, he found out that this is like a homecoming game for the Redskins. You know, they're having a lot of old stars and whatnot come back for that. And They must Ky- be really old if yeah, the Redskins Kyle, uh Kyle Shannon was just like, I didn't, I didn't know professional teams did that. I just thought that was a high school thing. That's a little petty. But okay. <laughs> uh, a little I bit. mean, every team. It, that's, yeah, yeah, imagine if you worked for an organization oh, no, that I get fired it. you and your dad. You'd just be like, I get forget, it. forget them. I get it. But, the, okay, if you want to get on the, uh, the labeling of it, uh, okay, homecoming is a high school thing. But 
I, I'm with, bring I, back, bring uh, back all the old uh, hogs, as they say. I'm with Dan. Be, be up to be up to speed on how the league is operating this well, year. Texans, Every team has one of these games. The Texans and it's, got a lot of you know. grief when they did that a few years ago with the Patriots. Well, they, they wore those. Ridiculous. Well, that's they, the, they wore the Veras- that was different jackets. <laughs> that was entirely different. They're just now digging out of the rubble of that. Oh my God! <laughs> all right, up next is Greg Rosenthal. Oh, go ahead, buddy. That means I have three 10 a.m. games. We got to make a trade, Wes. I'm sorry. All right. We can uh, open for business. Y'all know you love Philip Rivers and the Chargers. Thanks. Uh, but I, I will watch uh, Jalen Ram- or I'll at least select Jalen Ramsey's uh, first game as a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Is he playing? The indication is that they uh, plan for him to play. And uh, it's early Thursday afternoon here in Los Angeles. Need him to play. The, the sign is that it's going to happen. And if that happens, we'll have the first ever matchup of Julio Jones, who's having a great season. Every once in a while, you just got to. Hey, remember Julio Jones? I, he still might be the very best wide receiver in the league and going up against Jalen Ramsey and uh, a secondary that's going to have to figure out kind of who they are now uh, after losing Aqib Tlaib and John Johnson for the year and trading Marcus Peters. We didn't even you know, mention that during the Ravens thing. I hope this Julio Jones doesn't turn into a Larry Fitzgerald situation where the back end of his prime gets gobbled up by a bunch of irrelevant teams. Well, that may at be least possible. he's got a great quarter. Right, Matt record. Ryan with six straight three hundred yard games has been probably the least talked about. I mean, from a team wide standpoint, right, the, right. The Falcons are not a relevant NFL team right now. Not right now, but this is a this is a new thing, and this is also a game where everyone assumes the Rams will go in there and right the ship. I but don't. I, I I don't just because any team like the Falcons that's putting up thirty points a week. They're dangerous, and they've lost a lot of close games. They're not quite as bad as their 1-5 record. Their defense is, is that bad, and it's solved basically every offensive problem they've gone against. So if the Rams can't get right offensively in this game, then it's panic time. I'm locking this one up, Falcons. Oh. Falcons. Falcons. You're going with the home underdog. I just don't think the Rams are that good. I'm sorry. Wow. You, you know, know what? what? You got to go big. And he just went big in a big spot. I'm going to show my solidarity to West. You're at a four-game losing streak. I'm going to lock it up with you. I'm switching my lock <laughs> to show my solidarity <laughs> yes. to West. I've oh, done that before. he's going to ride to victory. It doesn't work? Well, but Wes and I did a solidarity It's going to work lock. this time because it out. is called true solidarity. <laughs> no, well, I feel it's, guilty because I just made up this lock on the right, spot. It's, uh, <laughs> well, it's okay. It's Thursday. It's not even 1 p.m. Dan already has the first uh, lock uh, victory of the week by guilting Mark into Jumping off the the old Bengals bandwagon. <laughs> well, it's you know what it's because not that. All, no, it it's is a mirror the, check. ultimately That's all. no. Ultimately, it is simply not worth dealing with Dan over the next 120 hours on this situation. Here's what I so, see when I look at the mirror. It's just not worth it. As a human being, don't, don't put it on me. It's not worth it. You saw there was no reflection. It's entirely you on you. One hundred percent. I'm holding up something. I'm looking in the mirror. It's our record. It's seven and eighteen combined. That's what I see in the mirror. It's a it's a disgrace. It's that's you that's to these... Dan's point, though, that you tug us all down the drain. How hey, I'm, only... I'm dugging myself that I'm three and three. That's nothing to be proud of either. That's terrible, too. You can only see a mirror when the other three of us are involved with you. <laughs> OK, you look in the mirror. You see Owen six. If you want me to sing. I don't really look at my record. I'm just looking <laughs> at these games and I feel good about this. One. I this is a nice lock. A healthy like lock. I mean, it's. You know what? It's, it's, a, a res- it's an upset. It's a, it's, Does it's this a, work for you? Picking a one-win team? Absolutely. It's okay. A, it's a lock I can respect. Is it a last stand game? <laughs> We're talking about... Um, I think last week again. I think the they Cardinals already lost last their last stand. For who? Atlanta? The Falcons. the Falcons have a week nine bye. Arthur Blank is not expected to make a decision on Dan Quinn's future until that bye per rap sheet. 
they had not considered a change before the Cardinals game. But this defense is really What's the point of firing Dan Quinn though? What do you well who's going to replace him? He doesn't even have a defense. Well, they have a lot of they have a lot of former head coaches on this roster. This I is, get it, but what is that really going to make you better? I don't think so. Just wait till the end of the year. This is some real cojones, Wes. I like it. This is how you get off a of schneid. Yeah, it, it does take a lot of guts to pick against uh, your wife's favorite team. Again. Uh, I feel like this is happening repeatedly now. He does not like this Rams team. And they haven't given people a lot act of like reason. there's a lot, a lot of logic that goes into these lock picks. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> He's on the defense. No, it's just no, like I, there's not much to them. It's mostly a, they're all coin flip games. That's what that's what a lock pick is. Let, Wes, let me um, going off your point, which was a good one about if George Kittle became Mason. No, not Mason. Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. Uh, what would that do to the Niners offense? Well, everyone that's absolutely, you know, killing Jared Goff, who I know has not played very well this season, and who's wondering, throwing out comments about Sean McVay, whether, you know, he used up all his magic pixie dust. Well, how about just the idea that the Rams, in addition to their offensive line struggles, they just lost their George Kittle. You know, Todd Gurley became who? Who would be the – he became Lamar Miller, not, not the same type of player, but became just a guy. And maybe it's going to take time for the Rams to make a transition that, and a time that goes beyond 2019 because he was the identity of this team. Well, not just as a runner, but he was one of the most devastating pass-catching backs in the league, and now he's a total non-factor in the passing game. Uh, that is a huge loss. For to me, Goff's the bigger problem, though. As much as you could replace Gurley if the line's good, Goff's last 14 games – 6.73 yards per attempt, 14 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 14 fumbles. That's a that's a pretty large sample size. And I, I think Goff will be fine in the long run. I'm actually not as worried. But their passing game has been pretty mediocre now for almost a year. So I, yeah. I just oh, think we spent... Long stretch. We spend the offseason looking at the free agent pickups and it's wide receivers and running backs and all these fantasy guys. But the Rams are a study. Then there's a couple of these teams out there that went into the season with a totally inadequate line and everyone suffers. Everyone's reputation suffers, including Sean McVay. I mean, it's like the offense looks plain and ordinary to me right now. And they don't have a first round pick over the course of five years. There is a belief build that line. That's absolutely true. There's a belief out there among some people who evaluate quarterbacks that you throw out everything that's not a drop back. That you take the training wheels off with all the boot action, roll action, RPOs, and you go by dropbacks. And that's where Jared Goff struggles when you take away the training wheels of the boot action and the play action. Did They have the whole season in front of them, though, and I could see why they could be optimistic. If you beat the Falcons and the Bengals the next two weeks, you get to your bye. You have the Steelers. After that, the schedule opens up pretty nicely. I think they're smart enough to... Fix some things on the fly and be a better team in December. We'll see. If they lost one of those games in the next two weeks, especially Cincinnati, if there was a fan base here, they'd go absolutely nuts over it. Ouch. By the way, Dan, Jalen Ramsey wanted you to know in a quote, just wait to see the type of swag I bring. (laughs) Bye, Rams. (laughs) (laughs) They do a pretty good job filling up that building. Now, the Chargers, they're... I mean, that's going to be our... We're going to be able to work at the same building as Jalen Ramsey in a couple of years. He's well, going to be there. Can't wait. The the Chargers and the... We didn't hit this story, but... The, oh, God. The Dignity Healthcare Sports Park. I mean, guys, I know you were trying to do the Rick Roll thing that's very popular where you try to lure in the opposing fans in the building. 
Is it? it was That was popular like a decade ago. I think. Uh, it's still popular. When we went to uh, Petco down in San Diego for Wes's bachelor party, they did the same thing uh, with the Reds or something, I believe. I can't remember. <laughs> it's pretty okay. bad when you're trying to get the Reds fans in. Yeah, but, uh, you know, you can't play the, the Steelers party song or whatever when the place is 85, 85% Steelers fans because when you go to the Rick Roll, they're just going to keep going nuts and waving the yellow flags. Yeah, and it, it looked terrible on Twitter, and, you know, it's... <laughs> It's such a tough. The last situation. thing they need right now, because it's it's going to get more magnified when the opposing fan base is surrounded by a flood of empty seats. It's you, 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 they cannot move into a stadium five times the size. And you would think that 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 type of thing, something as silly as that, this would be something that would be talked about on Twitter, and that would be it. But no, the Chargers players, they're on the sideline. They feel it that they are the enemy in their own building, and they go to the media and ex- and express how unhappy they were with it. I mean. I feel for those guys. It's a tough situation. Um, the team, less so. West close it out. An AFC East showdown. I refuse to call this the Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game. <laughs> Going back to Buffalo, where they once overpaid him to the tune of like six years and sixty-six million dollars. Are people floating it as a revenge? I think everything's he- a revenge now. <laughs> well, if, in in defense of uh, this whole thing, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, almost every game he plays is a revenge game. Right. He's played for fourteen different teams at this point. <laughs> this is the one that um, paid him the most handsomely while he was there, and then he proceeded to reward them by playing down below his contract. Anyway, this. <laughs> Greg, I'd be happy to trade this to you since it's your beloved Dolphins. But um, this is now this is a one p.m. game. I can't accept mm. another. <laughs> How is Greg able to force a trade into something that he wants and West does not want to give away? Well, we'll talk after. He's this done show. me favors over the years. We'll we'll, we'll talk. Bill's <laughs> Bill, coming off a bye. Can, can get to five and one. Get get ready. And what's exciting to me is Devil's, Devin Singletary looks like he's back. He's practicing fully, and what we've seen from him. Looks like he could be an Austin Eckler type of talent on that team, especially in the passing game, which they need. Um, I don't think TJ Yeldon is really moving the needle as your passing down back. So get Singletary in there. No more Zay Jones. They like Duke Williams. And we'll see if Duke Williams starts playing more as a number two there. Josh Allen, I don't think, has gotten better this year, but he is coming off maybe his best game of the year against the Titans. I know they only won 14-7, to but I thought Josh Allen played – uh, a very clean, good game, whereas if he played that each week, they'd be in business. The Dolphins have zero passer. Of all the things that the Dolphins do poorly, rushing the passer you know, might be number one. Maybe protecting pr- protecting the, pa- the passer might be number one, and rushing the passer is number two. So this is We a, can give you day. 12 things that they don't do well. <laughs> this is a day they should get off. I, you know, I know we're not into the whole desert thing and whatnot, if there was well, a, one of you are if there was a uh, a thing out there what, you know or just making a hot take like what are the odds that the the buffalo bills get a playoff bye in the year 2019 where they're a top 2 afc seed whatever it is i would take that i feel like they got a chance they got a chance to win definitely this division a, and get a top 2 seed. definitely a chance but they they, you look at their weekly results. I mean, they're putting up about 14 or 15 points and holding teams to 10. I mean, that's why Leslie Frazier has – I'm remiss to not have mentioned him in the running for assistant coach of the year. I know that he – you know, the shine is off after the Minnesota experience and all that business, but sometimes that's what happens is they go back to the comfort, if that's the word, of being a coordinator. You hone you've, – you've already been out there in the bigger world. You go back to the smaller town of the coordinator, and you just start dropping bombs. I mean, what more can you ask him to do – with this defense. To your point, Greg, four and one, 
And by the way, the last two times the Bills started four and one uh, in the century, they missed the playoffs. But this is different <laughs> because uh, look at the schedule ahead. They have, as, as we're talking about, Miami at home. You get the Eagles at home, which six weeks ago seemed like a titanic challenge potentially. Now you feel like they could handle the Eagles, uh, you know, outside of their building. Then you get the Redskins at home. So you got three straight home games. You really, you, you don't have to squint to see three wins there. That would put them at seven and one. Then you go to Cleveland. Who knows with Cleveland anymore what you're going to get with that team. Then you go to Miami, uh, and that takes you all the way through week 11, and then things tighten up a little bit in the back end. But You still got Denver down the stretch, the Jets. Who knows who the Steelers. If you I mean, take care of business, like though, a duck. Who knows what's going on? They, they, they could be. You know, eight and two. And then if you can get to that spot and we look at the AFC, because we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, but you know, the Pats are going to be in that 12 to 16 win range. Uh, <laughs> you, you assume the Chiefs will get into that uh, 10 to 12 range. And then the Texans are another team. You see 10 to 12 range potentially. And then who else? It would be. Yeah, the you'll need the Pats to, to stub their toe and you'll probably need to go to New England and win in, in week 16. And don't don't chuckle that I said 12 to 16. It's all in play for your boys again. Or, or they could wind up with a better record than the second bye team because they're in New England's division. Right. They and then still get no bye. Right. Yep. They don't give three buys out. Could change that for the Bills. That would be a little bit. <laughs> I feel like they, they deserve that. Three buys. So what would happen? Who would the third buy? Oh, team just because play the, the Bills after? have been through a lot. I mean, I like the idea of it, but I think I mean the Bills. Some... That would be kind of almost insulting. <laughs> I mean, almost maybe not as insulting as like when the Bills threw a parade for Andy Dalton because they, you know, were the twelfth team in the playoffs and you know got steamrolled by Blake Bortles thirteen to six or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah, that, that was that, that was a little bit of a loss of dignity. I wish this was the team that broke that streak. I feel like it's more worthy. Because what do you think the ceiling is for the Bills? Like best case scenario, twelve win a playoff game. But 12, 12, 12 wins and win a playoff game. And I mean, the, the Pats to somehow finish 12 or thirteen. Below that. Twelve or thirteen. The, with the way that the defense is, I mean, it's like the, twelve wins feels very possible in this AFC. Like two playoff. Bills wins Dolphins getting a meaty too. chat here. Didn't mm-hmm. see that coming. Didn't see it coming. Let's move to Sunday night football. Oh yeah. Now you want to talk about two teams that need a W. It is the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Big Day, Big D, Jero World to face the Cowboys. And um, Wes, I'll tee you up on this one because I know we heard, you know, two, three and three teams, but it's the Cowboys, Wes, who who captured your heart and your imagination entering the season and at three and oh, and they were just rolling over teams. Well, now you look back on it. They beat the Giants with Eli Manning. They went to FedEx Field and beat the Redskins and then beat the Dolphins. As soon as the schedule is tightened up uh, and of course there's been injuries, but as soon as the schedule is tightened up, they have went in the tank. Where are you at after watching some film, Wes? Uh, I'm still not seeing eye-to-eye with the rest of the football world on this team. I don't know why people are picking on this offense, and especially the quarterback, who has been let down by drops, injuries, um, some flukiness in the red zone. They need to play better, and the Jets game was a huge loss considering their schedule. But people are misreading this team. The offense is playing pretty well. They need to do better in the red zone, uh, and they need to get healthy. But it's the defense that's failing this team. Um, the star-studded defense that played so well down the stretch, I think they're 25th in defensive DVOA and second in offensive DVOA. I, I just don't see this as like a bad team or a bad offense. No. I, don't, I don't know why people are acting like suddenly they're playing terribly. They have not been blown out. They're in all these games that they lose. 
if you had gone into the year or even into the week and said the Cowboys have to play the Jets with Sam Darnold without their top two tackles, Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb, like if you went into the season and you said, okay, their starting receivers are Cedric Wilson and Tavon Austin and their starting tackles are the, the two tackles they had last year, no one would have thought they were a, like a, a gangbusters team. And they performed and went up and down the field pretty well overall against the Jets. You're right. Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith make a play. I mean, they're – I'm not, like, killing Marcus them. Marcus Lawrence make a play. I don't think they're problems. Of course they're not problems, but they haven't been making big-time game-changing plays like they did a year ago. They've just kind of been fine. I think that takes a little bit away, not that you're trying to do this, Greg, from the Jets, though, who – this is the Cowboys. Sorry, but this is what they tout themselves to be, and they were banged up. But if anyone had said a week ago, like, the Cowboys are going to march into – New into New Jersey and lose to the Jets, that would have not been an acceptable proposition for how Jets talented well. they Jets, the Cowboys are. Jets are good offensively, I think, now, or they, they have a chance to be pretty good offensively. I guess it was more the Cowboys' offense. I think if you can put up almost 400 yards and 23 points as they did, like what more do you expect of a team with that crew out there? They're putting up Defense 450 yards a week. What, I mean, I just don't understand the criticism. There. Well, they're losing every week right now. So that's why they're getting killed. And Jason Garrett especially, it's been another week where people are wondering if Jason Garrett is somebody that deserves to be the head coach of the team. Fair and, question. And that's a different conversation. But I this is – I wouldn't call this a game – I don't think this is a dirt nap game for these teams, but I do think um, it's an incredibly important game for both teams. And for the Cowboys, they go into a bye after this uh, and come back and get the Giants – uh, in New York, which won't won't be an easy game. It never really is. But I will say that they can get their season back on track pretty quickly if they could deliver a good performance at home. I kind of expect it to play out that way. And I, I think, why don't we pick this game? We haven't picked the game yet. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Eagles at Jarrow World. Eagles, to me, on offense, just lack identity at the moment. And their defense is... I think they have the get-right defense for whoever they play right now, and I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. <laughs> Typical Sunday night NFC East tight matchup, 21-20. Last second field or a touchdown by the Cowboys. Mm. This is how far in my own head I am on the locks. I was going <laughs> to lock up the Cowboys, but then I realized I'd actually be really invested in this game while it was going on. Mm. Whereas with the Falcons and Rams, if I lose that one, who cares? You're not even going to watch it. Plus, if you if you bailed and went into this game, Mark has already used his bailout, so he would be stuck with the one and five team. <laughs> this was actually my lock, Dallas, but it's, mine too. it's shaky. It, well, this I, it's a tricky one. I took the Cowboys uh, in my game picks column. My picks have been poor. NFL.com slash game picks. You know, you really go for the, the you know, the joke. What's the, the overall, what's the overall <laughs> My record? picks have been poor. NFL.com slash game picks. I mean, they're not as bad as our locks, <laughs> but they're bad. Um, but I do really think the injuries. As bad as Dr. Rainmaker? No, not that bad. Uh, the injuries. He's back into hiding. Tell the stories. Deshaun Jackson, we don't know if he's going to play. It sounds like he's probably out. Randall Cobb and Amari Cooper are both missing practice again. They expect Amari Cooper to practice in some fashion on Friday. So and we'll then, see on that. And then it great. does look like they're going to get their tackles back, though. So Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins should be back. So that's that's a boost for them. I like I took the Cowboys by a point. I mean, it was a, I, I don't feel good about it's going to twenty one twenty on a last second touchdown. I think it was twenty seven twenty six, a little higher scoring, maybe twenty nine twenty eight. Whoever loses the the losing teams fan base and you know 
media corpse uh, is going to be on fire. Yeah, but it's the right division to fall to three of three to four in because it's like there's no six and no team. Right. In the the loser goes two feet under. Mark, I don't bury like that. When you are buried One underground, under. you die if you don't breathe for twelve. No, because if I'm the not Eagles, either of these teams there yet, even if right. the Eagles lose this game, they're one game back and they just lost the road game to Dallas and they get them back later. I mean, it's not a devastating. Until there's a month long streak in one direction or another, these teams aren't going to separate from each other. Trying to get you a show, Mark. I'm trying to get your own network show. You just got to work with me here. What is it the show going to be about? It sounds Dirt like naps. that's not going to get greenlit Dirt by TV. anyone in this building. Mm. Wes, what was your pick? Six and a half feet up. Cowboys. Cowboys. Easy? Hard. Well, I was going to lock it, as I said. Yeah. It, it was easy until I realized I was going to be invested in it throughout the game. <laughs> Wes, I, I we could twin jump over to this game and twin lock up the you Cowboys. Why not? Makes that night fun. All right, let's do it. All right, here we go. We're locking up the Cowboys. You guys know it's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's more fun. The Falcons are going to win? <laughs> well, I don't want to hear about that. The Jaguars will win. The Falcons will win. The Cowboys will eat it. Yes, that's exactly what's going to happen that's, now. You, but we're, we are, Dan, we are also, we do have shards of manliness in us, too. It's not just shards. you. And there has to be some accountability. Shards if we pick a, shards pick a, a loser here. I like right? it. I think right, it's Marine fun. Corps? It, it, it'll be fun. It'll you just fun. went from like a three, three and a half point underdog to a three point favorite. So you're, you're, you're living large. I don't look at that stuff. <laughs> Very good, Wes. That was smart. This makes a lot more sense. I like you. Like the Falcons. Yeah, that one, I pulled him there. That was masculine. Thanks, Mark. That was highly masculine to go one and five. This one is. Why do you only give Wes credit for these locks over right. and over? Well, you jumped out of two locks already. What you don't want is affirmation from us about what's a good lock. <laughs> I like that, That's Mark. Fair. He needed a terrible call to get Absurd. his first win of the year. Get me out of here. It's, we're all. It's all. It's all nonsense. I like it. That, is all nonsense. That Mark, who has really been so generous with his social media love and Incredibly boosting generous. all of our. Boosting all of our tweets and Instagram. Carrying us. Yeah, really retweeting us. He's now doing that with me on locks, and I appreciate it. Whatever it takes, Wes. Finally, Monday Night Football. Let's go, Eagles. The other AFC East game. (laughs) (laughs) Now I got something to root for, too. That'll be a fun night in the studio. this thing to crash into the the ocean. It's not going to go that way. (laughs) The New England Patriots uh, are undefeated. First place in the AFC East. They travel to the Meadowlands to face those New York Jets who Finally got their first win of the season um, in a game that Greg is spooked by. And I know it because I could feel it. I could feel it. He Greg usually gets a little bit jumpy about Pat's games that most people expect dominance. But I think this one especially is on his radar a little bit. Yes or no? I think they could lose the game. Yes. I wouldn't say I'm spooked by it because it doesn't feel like a like a big game or a meaningful game. If you didn't introduce it in that way, Greg's next se- next sentence was going to be, "I'm a little spooked by this." Mm. He just doesn't want to admit. I'm also annoyed. Did. I'm not going to be able to watch this game because uh, of life uh, things getting in the way, um, which is uh, very Cryptic. annoying. Curious. Cryptic. I had to switch around the uh, the other podcast, Justin Lick and Rosenthal Vanity Project, mm. to tape that night because my daughter has this huge. Uh, fall festival thing that she was really looking forward to and we couldn't make it last you know year okay. the following night Got it. so now I'm out <laughs> good dad work annoying <laughs> good dad work it's annoying did what you had to do well it's going to be a good game for you to miss because the Jets are coming to play and get back on their feet and guess what I'm looking at this I'm looking ahead I am one he's the, locking it up I'm one, of the only, up. I'm one of the only optimistic Jets fans in the world I believe them uh, to be a team that their Patriots run a uh, dynasty run is always just around the corner. If they ever, ever took care of the Patriots on Monday night, 
I'm looking ahead and I see at Jacksonville, at Miami, home to Giants, at Washington, home to Oakland, at Cincinnati, home to Miami through week 14. It's a boulevard of green light. I, That's basically the Patriot, what they've had so far, the, the cake Patriots. Game. Now, when I, when I looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season, before everything went to hell, I thought to myself, if they can get to through week six at three and three, or even two and four, they had a shot. When they started 0-4, it just seemed like it's more likely they'd be 0-7 by the time they uh, got to the Dolphins. But now you can at least talk yourself into something crazy happening and them winning back-to-back games to get to that 2-4 and and put themselves in some type of position to be relevant in December, which is all any Jet fan could ask for considering how poorly the season's I couldn't agree more. And if you look at these zero or one-win teams around the league, they all are wildly gigantic, messy operations with zero hope, except for the Jets. And it has everything to do with what happened last week. And, you know, you can over praise Darnold for some of the stuff that happened down the stretch last year, but a lot of it's confirmed by the play I saw against the Cowboys. It is, we will just not know how hard it is to come off the kind of illness he had. We don't know what he was dealing with. You hear, you know, yes, it's great. When you were 18, you had mono. Good for you. You have no idea what it means to go back and then deal with, on field, practice all week, short week, and then roll in and deal with the Cowboys. I thought the way he threw the ball, the way he saw the field, everything changed in that offense. All you really can ask for from a quarterback is that the same parts that were unable to do anything for week on end, weeks on end come in and play in unison the way they did with Darnold. I'd like to see a little more from Le'Veon Bell. I think that will come in time. But they still have a bad offensive line. But And I'm not just saying this, Dan, because I know you're a Jets fan. I, I truly think they have a chance to be one of these second-half teams that because of the schedule and because of who they are, will be interesting. And that's not the worst thing to ask for as a fan. There is a revenge game here. Ooh. I mean, a thousand times over, if not. Well, I mean, of course, you've got, you know, the Bill Belichick. Yes, that's... But you also have Demarius Thomas, who is not oh, yeah. happy about the way he <laughs> was treating right. out this week. Yes. He feels that he was jerked around by the Patriots. Uh, who weren't honest with him. And Belichick, he actually answered to it. He usually doesn't. And he said how much he respected Demarius as a player and all that. And he feels, you know, he, he said it's too bad or whatever that, you know, they didn't see eye to eye. Well, basically, yeah, they, so Thomas was going to leave for the Jets when they cut him. And they said, we're going to bring you back in a week. And so, and they did. They, he trusted them. He'd rather be on the Patriots. And then they signed Antonio Brown and they traded him away. It was a, it was a bad spot for him. And that that said, you know, they're not missing Demarius Thomas, even though they could use, you know, they need wide receivers in general. I'm just more interested to see what Darnold does against this defense. It sounds crazy, but the Jets offense with Sam Darnold might be the best offense that the Patriots have played this year. What? That's as that's as easy an offense. Well, the Steelers schedule. had Big Ben when you had him. They did, right? but they were they yeah. weren't operating well and they continued to not operate well with and without Ben Roethlisberger. Last week, I think when you saw Darnold, he moved the ball he moved his feet in the pocket so well. He moves away from pressure and still Spatial is able to awareness. throw is incredible. Spatial. It's, you know, it's, it's like Tom Brady, but you know, a much more athletic, you know, but, but moving and staying in the pocket is really impressive. And then he changes speeds like no one else. I mean, he can throw the touch pass. He can throw the heater. He, he mixes and knows what speed to go with better than anyone. I think it's going to be a wake up call for the Jets offense. Just because this offensive line, this offensive line is not good. And I really don't trust the Cowboys to put pressure on quarterbacks outside of Robert Quinn right now. 
But I do, I do think the Patriots are getting a lot of heat on quarterbacks. Yep, and from their linebackers. And Chase Winovich, highest sack rate in the NFL. Wow, and it's it's not a coincidence that all of a sudden, uh, you guys could tell me about the metrics if you looked at it. But all of a sudden, the Jets' offensive line was able to protect the quarterback. It just shows that it's it's a two part deal. You have to ha- be able to block, but the quarterback has to have that awareness, the spatial awareness, and that's why they actually were able to extend plays and take shots downfield because he knows what he's doing back there. So, it's very exciting to have Donald back. Wes could be absolutely right. The Jets have had more than a few of these games where they thought they were gonna, you know, put New England on the ropes or, or hang in a game, and it's twenty eight to three late in the third quarter. So it could go either way, but I think it'll be potentially a fun Monday night game. And maybe just maybe Booger McFarlane will put some respect on Jamal Adams, name. This Ooh. We'll see though. What happened? Oh yeah. You didn't like how he, uh... well, no, just the, he, he called, he, he said it was a selfish play on the hit on Baker Mayfield. And then the league actually rescinded the fine. Um, so selfish was a weird word to use in that situation. Um, all right. Good preview guys. Saucy preview. So just the and the, the locks, you guys both have the Cowboys. Correct. That will be fun. Sunday night football. So, yes, coming up later tonight. Yes. Uh, the scientists recap Thursday night football. And then we'll be back Sunday night to recap all the games we just previewed. The wheel keeps turning. Stan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Eddie Spaghetti, Ryan Bartlett and everybody else behind the glass. Till Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.